Stand by to the floor in five, four, three, two, one. Coming to you live from the rich heartland of Altamont Springs, Florida, it's The Vic Show with Victor Bowers, brought to you by Super Channel WACX-TV. Take it away! Greetings! Greetings, all together in town. Greetings, everyone. It's Vic Show. It's Vic Show. <laughs> Welcome to the Vic Show. Oh, is the music playing? Oh, well. We'll get it right eventually. Hello, well, how are you doing? Doing wonderful. Is that the imperson is that the Star Wars theme? I guess not. It's not. <laughs> Vic Show, live and unrehearsed. Oh, there it is. We don't rehearse this, you know. We're one take Charlie's. What you get is what you see. What you see is what you get. That too. It works both ways. How are you? Good and great. Thanks. Terry, thanks for being here today. Yo, yo, yo. Thank you. Welcome to the throne room. Yes. And the Vic Show with Bubbles. I will wear a crown. We shall wear a crown, yes. Am I still yelling? <laughs> I gotta tell on Terry, she just ran in here literally. Literally ran in here. Show enough. She is um, jacked up on Sanyu Tab and uh, with a shot of NyQuil. But right I'm glad on. you're here nonetheless. I couldn't miss the big show. And that you made it in one piece. Because yeah. I've driven on NyQuil and Sanyu Tab and other substances. And thank God we're all still here by the grace of God. Amen. Yes. And welcome to the Vic Show Throne Room. Yes. We're announcing the birthday of a king. The birth of a king and the birthday of a king. Hello, King Jesus is his name. Every year we celebrate it, King Jesus. And that's why I'm wearing a crown. Not because I'm a king, not yet. Because when I become a king, I'll throw my crown at his feet. That's what the scriptures say, something like that. That's what my grandmother told me. But I'm wearing this crown to get your attention because I'm, be, I'm gonna be talking about the kingdom of heaven today. The kingdom of heaven. Yes, mmm, good times. So, uh, how are you, Diane? I'm doing What's on your head? Candy canes. I gotta come ready for the Why don't you come up here and show us? <laughs> I'll just, okay. Well, when they push okay. the button, that we'll be able to see you. Okay. <laughs> Watch out, it's slippery down here. <laughs> oh, it's like little candy canes. Wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm wearing the Vic. I'm wearing Vic on my shirt too. Oh, that's right. From last year, yes. Vic show uh, when I dressed up as a Christmas as a tree. Christmas tree. <laughs> it's still hanging in my closet next to my tuxedo for gigs. So, it's all good though. Ah, oh, yes. Mmm. I can't believe we're still doing this after over. It's been over a year we've been doing the big show, and it won't go away. I love the big show. And I have to thank you. And and um, I have to admit, I this past week I played a gig at uh, Calvary Assembly here in Winter Park area of Central Florida, and it was for a Christmas program um, called Christmas Is. 
uh, produced by Thurlow Spur and Kathy Spur's wife. It's, a, it's an amazing show. If you can see it on pay-per-view, please do so. And I hope he brings it back next year. Makes it an Orlando tradition. It's a wonderful show. But I was playing some violin music out in the lobby as part of the pre-show. And so many people would hear the violin music, then they would turn in my direction and they would recognize the face. And, and um, they would come over and they'd want to start talking, which if you're playing violin, you can't really have a conversation. But they don't know that. Um, but they were just telling me how much they love the Vic Show. So all of you people who said that, thank you. Because I don't know who's watching. We don't know who's watching sometimes. We don't have much great interaction with our viewers. And television has changed so much and the whole market and the scene has changed regarding television broadcast. It's hard to tell who's watching. It's hard to have interaction. And that's what I feed on is the interaction between what we're doing up here and where you're at wherever you're at and and that this day and time you could be anywhere there's so many sources available to interact with media and this tables have turned so to speak in the old days the good old days of television things happen at one particular time during the day and everybody gathered around the tv set to watch it now it's opposite and everybody's on their own schedule and everybody's on their own device and and so it's hard to keep track of, it's hard to keep that communication open. And we try to do it through social media, by the way, a little segue. We're on YouTube, Instagram. I think, do we have the live feed on Instagram going now? I think Rick told me that. Yes. Um, let me check on it just to make sure. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, and so when I was at the Calvary Assembly, uh, the, the gig the other night, um, how do I do this? Well, I'll figure it out later. Go straight to the top of my homepage. Oh. Oh. I'm about to send a message. Well, I'll figure it out later on because I can only only do several things at once. Um, So, yeah. But people came up and they said how much they enjoyed the Vic show and all that's going on and all the stuff we're doing. And I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad. Oh, you got it up? Well, something came up. Look on your screen. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Oh, wow, look at that. Look, see, it's me holding you, me, and then putting it down and coming back. I mean, I mean, just experience the feeling for yourself, folks. YouTube, no, what is this? Instagram? Instagram. Official Vic Show yes. on Instagram yes. live feed. I don't know how Rick and Arente do all that, but they do, and others. It's a group effort here. <laughs> I'm just leading the parade. <laughs> parade of madness. But none, thank you. Um, so uh, at Calvary, I was playing, and people came up and said how much they enjoyed the show. So thank you, because that, that, that's where I get my energy from, is knowing people are watching and they like what they like the stuff going on and, and they want it to continue and that is refreshing. And, and I, you know, I'm a, um, I was raised in Christian television. That's part of my background and, and my history as a family. And my grandfather was a Pentecostal preacher, Assembly of God preacher for the Assembly of God denomination. My father and parents in ministry uh, not church ministry officially, but parachurch ministry. Christian television is a parachurch ministry. Mm-hmm. 
meaning it it's not in the church per se, but that everything it does supports the working of the local church. We support the local church here in the Central Florida community. We're all parts of local churches, all members of local churches, and that's the model. That's what God set up through His Son. We are the bride of Christ. The local church is part of what's called in the Bible the bride of Christ. We're married to Christ. We're His bride. We're His. We're one with Him in marriage. Yes, it's it's everything goes. There is a marriage in the garden. There is a marriage in the book of Revelation, and Jesus is now the groom. The groom. And we are the bride. Is the church? That's what the church is referred to. And um, so, yeah. It's uh, so that's kind of background. But nonetheless, thanks for all the nice comments um, that you like to show. It means a lot to me and to us. And because um, we put a lot of work in this, I know it looks like a hot mess. But like Dolly Parton said, it's, sometimes it takes a lot of money to look this cheap. And, um, and this doesn't. <laughs> anyway, I'm just I'm just gathering my thoughts here, people. I don't know where I'm gathering them from, but I'm still trying to figure out this new board. Sampler. Wait. TriCaster. I don't know. I don't know anything. Hello, Santa. Rosy Cheeks, what were you drinking last night? Mm. Where did this cup come from? Diane? From Publix. Publix, where shopping Publix. is a pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. Hey guys, which button do I push to bring the music down out here? I have sampler. Music. Music. Oh, that's the one I don't have pushed. I, I'll need another color of tape at one okay. point, Diane, because I don't have that one. Okay. Let's see if it works. Let's see. It's not working. <laughs> oh, Lord. Wait, there's it. There it is. It's on behind you. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Okay. I just show up. Come Superman or rescue. There's Superman. 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 Where's Clark Kent? <laughs> I don't need a superhero. I need someone who works at Sam Ash. Um, okay. If y'all can bring that down. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to remind Rick it's not the Rick show, it's the Vic uh, show? Yes, you have to. <laughs> I still got, I'm, a, I'm supposed to be up here talking about the Bible. Hello, Rente. Where's Angie at? Oh, oh, she's back there. Na oh, Nathan. There's Nathan. I got to see him. Hello, Nathan. <laughs> oh. Oh, let's see. Yeah, it's the best time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year. Um, I was doing some study in the book of Matthew, and there's a, there's a scripture in the book of Matthew. And um, it's in Matthew 11. And we don't have to go to it now, but I'll just quote it. It talks about, it's Jesus talking in Matthew 11. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And I stopped on that, and perhaps you've read that, or you've, you know, it, it's, an, it's an obscure verse, and what does it mean? And especially, what does it mean in light of Christmas? You know, this is the Christmas season, we're producing this. And um, 
Again, guys, let me know, or just take the music out, because I don't know how to turn it down up here. If, if you can try. Excuse us. And talk amongst yourselves. Mm. I'm going to have a swig of the, the um, joy juice. Mm, spinning crown. King Jesus, that's right. Ride on, King Jesus. No man's going to hinder me. Okay. It's an old Negro spiritual. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Everything good back there? Good. My hair looks good. Yes, your hair looks great. <laughs> Thank you. Despite the crown. We shall wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. Take it off. Take all you want. Well, that's the name of today's message. Take all you want. Victor, what are you talking about? Take all you want. John the Baptist shows up in the book of Matthew, in chapter 3. I'm just going to give a bit of groundwork here. John the Baptist. And he's the first to utter these words, the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God. They're both interchangeable. They're both the same thing. Heaven is God and God is heaven. When you say kingdom of heaven, you're talking about where, where God's space is. God's space, in, in our words... The, the best words we have is to say God and heaven. Um, meaning, when we say those words, it signifies to us that that is God's space. God's in the heavens. God's in the heavenlies. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. They're interchangeable. They're the best words we have to, to, to uh, create the image in our mind for creatures that not only can hear words, but the words stick in our minds through images. So kingdom of heaven, it's the same thing as saying kingdom of God. So whatever that evokes in you, John the Baptist was the first person to start with that phrase. In the Old Testament, you had kingdom of our lords, or kingdom of our Lord. But the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, is first uttered by John in Matthew 3. And John says, behold and repent, for the kingdom of heaven is coming near. That's Matthew 3. And so, Matthew rolls along, and the book of Matthew was written by Matthew, who was a tax collector. He was a devout Jew. He was an accountant. He was highly educated. He was secular at one time when he was a tax collector. But Jesus called him, and Matthew responded to the call and turned his life around and uh, followed Christ, followed Jesus. In his life, he was one of the original disciples, original uh, uh, apostles, wrote the book of Matthew. And in the book of Matthew, who's writing to a Jewish audience back in the first century, he is at pains to describe Jesus as the long-awaited Savior King that Israel had been waiting for. And so, part of our Christmas story comes from the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew tells us about the Magi, who were kings in and of themselves. So there, Matthew is telling us that other kings from around the world came to Israel in this era looking for the long-awaited king of the Jews. The book of Matthew is the part of the Christmas story that tells us when uh, the Magi came, they interacted with King Herod. Matthew is telling us in his writing about the birth of Christ that all the kings of the world were now put on notice that things were changing. There was going to be a shift in the way the world was going to rock and roll. Things were changing. Mm. And people were either excited about it, 
As the Magi were excited, they were foreigners. These people were from the other side of the border looking for the king of the Jews that had been prophesied in their oracles in Babylon and in Persia and in foreign countries. They were looking for the sign of the, of the birth of the king of the Jews. Foreigners were looking for it. And they came to Israel looking. And Israel's own king, King Herod, had no idea, clueless. That tells us that the, of Israel, Jews of that day, they were clueless. They were so scattered. They had lost their mind of their history. They had no identity. And they were in great pain. They were suffering. Their own king had no idea about this prophecy. And he wasn't even Jewish himself. King Herod was not even Jewish. He was Edomite. He had married into the Jewish clan, so to speak, through the Maccabean dynasty. His wife was a Maccabean, a Jew. He was a ruthless ruler. He was a tactician. He was a strategist. But he wasn't Jewish. But yet, here he was, king of the Jews. So named by the Roman Senate around 35 BC. Nonetheless, I digress. Matthew starts painting this picture that there are opposing kingdoms at play in Matthew. And so, bam! Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist bursts on the scene from out of nowhere, wearing silly clothes and living in the desert and eating locusts, this weirdo. Yet people are flocking to him into the desert because he has a message. Behold, repent and turn. Look, the kingdom of heaven is coming near. And when the Israelites heard that, when the, when the great population of, of the Jews heard that, most of them were broken, destitute, they had no identity, they had no history, they were living in shame, they were living in bondage under the Romans on their own land. They were slaves on their own land. And when John the Baptist says, behold, the kingdom of heaven is coming near, everybody perked up because it touched the deep chord in their psyche. Maybe our king, maybe our Messiah, maybe that's what he's talking about. Let's go follow this guy in the desert. So Matthew in chapter 3, talking about king. King, John the Baptist is talking about king. Okay, so fast forward to Matthew 11. I want to read a little bit now out of Matthew 11. Because John the Baptist comes back around. But now it's a different type of John the Baptist. At this point in Matthew chapter 11, John the Baptist is no longer preaching. He, he's in jail. He was arrested because he spoke out against the, the present king of Israel at that time, the king of the Jews, about his relationship with his wife, who was also his sister-in-law. The king had an incestuous relationship with his own sister-in-law. And her daughter was in on it too. It was a messy situation, much like today, no different. Lots of nonsense going on. And John called it out, but he was, he was put in prison because of it. So John is sitting in prison, not knowing his future, mm -hmm. and he's beginning to doubt. He's beginning to doubt about his own preaching. Maybe Jesus wasn't who he said he was. So John's in doubt. So Matthew 11 approaches that. And this is, what, this is how it reads. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples, he sent them on mission in chapter 10. In chapter 11, he opens up that Jesus departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities, the cities of Galilee. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, interesting, not the works of Jesus, the works of Christ, John sent two of his disciples and said to him, are you the coming one? 
or do we look for someone else? Are you the one, or do we keep looking? They had been looking, and mind you, mind you, the Messiah had been waited had been they had been waiting for the Messiah for about five hundred years, starting with Daniel's prophecy in Babylon. And then the Maccabean dynasty rolls around 200 BC and Judas Maccabeus is a great Jewish warrior and they think he's the Messiah because he's doing all these messianic things, but he dies. And then seven other kings and leaders, Jewish leaders rise and claim to be Messiah because they're doing messianic things. They're pulling parts out of the prophecies about who the Messiah would be and they're doing them and they're prevailing and they're pushing the enemies out, but then they die. But the, and the Messiah is not supposed to die. But the, so the culture has been looking for a Messiah. So that's why John asks, are you the one who we think is the Messiah? Or are you not? And should we keep looking for someone else? So John asks that. So Jesus says, go and tell John the things which you have heard and which you see, what you hear and see. I'm not going to answer that question. Just look up, you answer it for yourself from what you've heard and what you've seen. And what have they seen? The blind see, hmm. the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. What gospel? The gospel of the kingdom. That's what John preached, the gospel of the kingdom. And blessed is he who is not offended because... Of me. Now, just a little takeaway from here. Jesus is saying, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to make up your mind for you. Y'all need to decide. But here are the markers. What have you seen? You've seen the lame walk. You've seen the blind see. You've seen the deaf hear. You've seen the dead raised. Yeah. And you hear, and I'm preaching, and I'm telling you some good news. I'm giving you some good news. I'm not giving you any laws. I'm not giving you more regulations. I'm not giving you more commands. I'm not telling you more things you have to do. I'm not giving you more restrictions, which is what all, all your other leaders have been doing. I'm not taking any taxes from you. I'm not taking anything from you. I'm just telling you good news. And I'm healing you. And go study your own scriptures. And you see what are the markers of Messiah. Isaiah tells us, Isaiah will cause the lame to leap. I, uh, the Messiah will call the blind to see. The Messiah will bring life out of death. What does your own scripture tell you, Jesus says? You decide for yourself. And then he, and then he says, and happy, blessed, happy, giddy, cheery, cheerful is the person who is not offended because of me. He's saying, I may not look like your Messiah because I'm poor. I'm from a no-nonsense town. People think I'm a bastard child because my mom got pregnant when she wasn't married. There's a lot of reason to not think I'm the Messiah. But you decide for yourself. And if, if who I am and what you've all seen me do is not offensive to you, you're going to be happy because you're going to begin to realize that maybe I am the Messiah. Now, he didn't say that. He can't say that. But he was trying to point to it as much as he could. They wanted their Messiah to be a warrior king, riding on a white horse with a sword and a crown and push the Romans out, you know, like a big terminator. They, that's the Messiah they were looking for. But Jesus was doing messianic things, but he didn't look like that. 
He didn't look like that. And look at his crazy cousin, John, who's now wound up in prison. Are these really Messiah folk? Okay, let's go on. Is that a guy? I get it from my punchline. And as they departed, Jesus began to say to the group, What did you go out into the wilderness to see when you went out to the wilderness? A reed shaken by the wind? But what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. When you go to the desert, you don't go to the desert for leisure. You don't go to the desert to hear glorious speeches and see wonderful shows and performances. And that's what Jesus is saying. You don't go to the desert to watch the reeds blow. That's a, that was a symbol of what you did for, to take time off, to relax. Go by the lakeside and watch the wind blow. You don't go to the desert to see reeds blow. Reeds don't blow in the desert because there's no lake in the desert. Duh! You don't go to the desert to, hear, to see a glorious show, to, to see a wonderful performance. You don't go to the desert to see Broadway. You don't go to the desert to see um, a football game. You don't go to the desert to have entertainment. So what did you go to the desert for? People don't go to the desert. They leave the desert. Why did you go to the desert, though? Because what, what was in the desert? You went to see, what's the next verse? A prophet. You went to, to the desert because there was a man there who was saying things that you have ne never heard and you couldn't get enough. You went to see a prophet. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. Okay. For this is he who was written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. Okay? Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. John the Baptist was great, but the tables are turning now. But yet, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Wow. Okay? And from the days of John the Baptist... Until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Until the day Jesus now is drawing timelines. He's narrowing the time frame. He's narrowing it to years and now months. John the Baptist started preaching about three and a half years prior. Mm -hmm. Right when Jesus, right before Jesus started his ministry. From the days of John the Baptist, John the Baptist wasn't John the Baptist until he started his ministry. Until then he was just John. John, he got the name John the Baptist because of what he was doing in his ministry. Until the days of John the Baptist, until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Nathan, what's the other version I have? The NIV. This says it most clearly. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and the violent people have been raiding it. Is that the NIV? Because I thought my mind said something else. Um, no, hold on, let me check. From the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing as NIV. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. What that's telling us is this. The kingdom of heaven is not a place. The kingdom of heaven is a person. The kingdom of heaven is a person. Preach it. It starts with Jesus. Jesus is the kingdom of heaven in person. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the kingdom of God personified. Preach it. 
And the kingdom of God came forcefully, meaning it came in definite form and definite face and definite kingdom of heaven came forcefully advancing, meaning definitely here, definitely coming. The kingdom of heaven, Jesus is saying, he's talking about himself. The kingdom of heaven has been forcefully making its entrance, busting in before you until now. And violent, forceful people have been taking from it. The first prior two chapters talked about people who were taking their healing, taking their, uh, taking their freedom from Jesus, taking it. More later on The Vic Show. Remember, with God, all things are possible. It's a big show.